Hey there, and welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Hank, the digital pastor here at the Foundry Church. We just want to welcome you, whether you are a longtime member of the Foundry family community, if you're brand new checking us out, if you've been a Christian for a long time, or you're someone that's just starting to discover or rediscover what Christianity means to you, we're so glad that you are a part of this of our community and are able to join us today. Our series that we find ourselves in in this season is a series called Dive. We're diving into some really specific words and thoughts uh, of the Bible in their original language, original context, to discover their meaning and what they mean to our lives today. It's going to be exciting if you love word study, if you love understanding what it is that the text really means. Uh, We're really excited to be bringing you this topic and, and diving deeper into some of these themes. It's going to be really exciting. So our preaching team is so excited that you are here. So excited to be able to bring you this message today. And thanks again for checking us out here on our podcast. We love you guys. So grateful for you and enjoy our message today. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so very glad you're here, whether you're joining us in person or online. My name is Seth, and this is The Foundry, where we are all about a better you and a better world. We are in week, like, five of our series that we're calling Dive, in which we're diving into these particular words found within the Bible. We're looking for connections and exploring some thoughts and ideas and trying to understand what these various things, like, can add to our life and how we live this whole thing out. So we've talked about, we're we're using Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 for right now. We got two more weeks left in that, and then we'll do some other words, like more New Testament-y type words, uh, the weeks after that. We've done um, the word for here. We've done the word for Lord. We've done the word for love. We've done the word for heart. And so today we're going to look at the word for soul. Okay, so if you would, let's say our verse, our key verse that we've been going through. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Okay, so let's take a look at what the Bible Project guys have to say about the soul. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the word soul. The Hebrew word is nephesh. It occurs over 700 times in the Old Testament. The common English translation of this word is soul, and that's kind of unfortunate. Here's why. The English word soul comes with lots of baggage from ancient Greek philosophy. It's the idea that the soul is a non-physical, immortal essence of a person that's contained or trapped in their body to be released at death. It's a ghost in the machine kind of idea. This notion is totally foreign to the Bible. It's not at all what nephesh means in biblical Hebrew. The most basic meaning of nephesh is throat. Like when the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness, they're hungry and thirsty, and they say to God, we miss the cucumbers and melons we had in Egypt. Now our nephesh has dried up. Or when Joseph was hauled off into slavery in Egypt, his nephesh was put into iron shackles. But nephesh doesn't only mean throat. Since your whole life and body depend on what comes in and out of your throat, nephesh could also be used to refer to the whole person. Like in Genesis, there were 33 nephesh in Jacob's family, that is, 33 people. In the Torah, a murderer is called a nephesh slayer, and a kidnapper is called a nephesh thief. 
On the first pages of the Bible, both humans and animals are called a living nephesh. And if the life breath has left a human or animal, the nephesh remains. It's just called a dead nephesh, that is, a corpse. So, in the Bible, people don't have a nephesh. Rather, they are a nephesh, a living, breathing, physical being. Now, that might surprise you because most people assume the Bible says the soul is what survives apart from the body after death. And while the biblical authors do have a concept of people existing after death, waiting for their resurrection, they rarely talk about it. And when they do, they don't use the word nephesh. So even though nephesh is often translated as soul, the Hebrew word really refers to the whole human as a living physical organism. In fact, this is why biblical people can often use this word to refer to themselves and it gets translated me or I. Like in Psalm 119, most translations read, let me live that I may praise you. In Hebrew, the poet literally says, let my nephesh live that it may praise you. By using nephesh, the poet emphasizes that their entire being, their life and their body offer thanks to God. In the Song of Songs, the young woman constantly refers to her lover as the one my nephesh loves. And of course, love isn't just an intellectual experience. It's an emotion that activates your whole body, your entire nephesh. This helps us understand the brilliance of other biblical poets who could combine multiple meanings of nephesh in one place. Like in Psalm 42, we read, as the deer pants for the water, so my nephesh pants after you. My nephesh thirsts for the living God. So on a physical level, your throat can be thirsty, like a deer's. But then that physical thirst can become a metaphor for how your whole physical being longs to know and be known by your creator. Which brings us all the way back to the Shema. To love God with all of your nephesh means to devote your whole physical existence to your creator, the one who granted us these amazing bodies in the first place. It's about offering your entire being with all of its capabilities and limitations in the effort to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the Hebrew word for soul. Oh, my dear goodness. There's so much stuff, so much stuff that I just talked about. So many possibilities of conversation. What do we even do with all of that? Well, let's start with like the big one. Let's start with the main one first, right? The word that's been translated as soul, which is, is nefesh, literally means throat. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your throat, which makes a whole lot of sense. How, how, do, you even, how do you even do that? What does that look like? Well, Maybe it's uh, I sing a lot. Maybe it's uh, I, I love God through how I eat. Like, I don't, I don't even really like ice cream, but, you know, I, I love God, so the, the cookies and cream that I'm going to put into my throat is a sign of, of my absolute devotion to God. So nefesh means throat, but can also mean more than throat. The idea being that our whole life, our whole body, depends on what comes in and out of our throat, the air we breathe, the, the food we eat, the water we drink. So nefesh refers to the whole of a person. And they said in, in the Hebrew thought, you don't have a nefesh, but rather you are a nefesh. You are this living, breathing, physical being. It's so very interesting to me that this word uh, seems to be centered around this materiality or this physicality, and yet we've taken a word like this and translated into this word soul that seems to be thought of a lot more in the immaterial realm. It seems to be thought of as this spirituality, this intangible sort of thing, right? 
it, it all kind of comes back to that. Most of what we think of when we understand the soul of eternity and all that stuff actually comes from a very platonic way of understanding. It goes all the way back to Pluto. Now, you can see the influences of Pluto. Pluto. Plato. <laughs> you know, he's got the ears and he hops around. Um, <laughs> if your theology is influenced by Pluto, by the way, we, we need to have a chat later. See me after church. Um, there, there, you can see the influence of, of Greek philosophy throughout the scripture. One of the big places, of course, is Paul. And in fact, Paul uses a lot of, of stuff from Plato. Um, let me show you a few instances where you have Plato writing something, and then you have like three to 400 years later, we see something that Paul writes, okay? So here's the first one. Plato wrote in the Citro, then we ought not to retaliate or render evil to anyone, whatever evil we may have suffered from him. Paul in Thessalonians 5.15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. Here's another one. Plato says, now if death is like this, I say that to die is gain. Paul, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Remember, he's writing, Plato is three to 400 years before Paul shows up. There's several of these. Let me show you one more that falls in line with kind of where we're at today and what we're talking about, the soul. Uh, he wrote in the Phaedo, to be carnally minded was death. Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So what do you see here again? This is flesh is bad, spirit good. So some, uh, some scholars believe that, that Paul was plagiarizing Plato. Others say, no, no, it's not plagiarism. What he's doing is he's taking the thoughts and ideas that people would have been familiar with at this time in this place, and Paul is using their language as a way to draw them in and to introduce them to Christ. So all of this to say that they said in the video, there's a lot of baggage concerning the word for soul. Now, what they did point out was that in, this, in the Hebrew thought, Nefesh wasn't thought of as we think of soul. It's understood as the physicality and, and, and personhood. You don't have a nefesh, you are a nefesh. Which really, if you think about that, it actually lines up better with the story of creation. Right? What, is it, what does the Bible say in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7? Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So it's only when the breath of God is fused with the physical form of man that we become a living being. It's only when the breath of God is fused with the earth in the shape of a human that we become a living being. If you have breath, but you have no shape of a man, you just have wind. If you have the shape of a man, but you have no breath, you just have this dirt-shaped mannequin. Mannequin-shaped dirt pile, said that backwards. Our humanity, our personhood, is the combination of the materialness of this earth and the immaterialness of the Spirit of God, which to me seems a bit more in line with what nefesh seems to be describing, that you don't have a nefesh, but rather you are a nefesh. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your living, breathing physical being. So I've been wrestling through this stuff this week because this is like a, a lot to process, at least for me, and, I, and, and, and just like how weird it is that we say love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, and we think we know what we're talking about. We're talking about this immaterial, intangible thing, love God with all your soul, 
Um, and I think we think we have an idea of what that means, but I'm not really sure that we do because, like, how do you describe that? Love the Lord your God with all of your soul. What does that mean? Uh, well, it's like, you know, like the, it's like just the insides of you, kind of, that like, you, it's like you, but it's like not this you, but it's this other. Love the Lord God with all your heart and soul. What is, oh, it means love the Lord God with all your heart. Well, but they already said that, so why would they just repeat the same thing? Like, so what do you do with all this? We say, love the Lord your God with all your soul, and we mean the immaterial essence. They say it, it seems to be very much physical uh, and, and, and have to do with the entirety of your being. So I've been wrestling, I've been struggling, like these two ideas seem to be a bit different. Like they're, they're kind of on opposite sides of the thing. So do they stand in opposition to each other, like completely, and then are we just stuck trying to like sort through it? Or do they run parallel to each other? Or is it possible that like, is there some way that these two ideas can actually work together and be congruent with one another. And so that's what I've been wrestling with this whole week. And so finally it hit me. I had like the little light bulb went off and I was like, oh, I think I have an example. I think I have the perfect example for a way to like bring these two thoughts and ideas together. Are you ready for it? Soul music. Soul music. This was the idea that came around. What is soul music? Popular music genre that originated from the African-American community in the United States in the 1950s and 1960s. Has its roots in African-American gospel as long as rhythm and blues. Right? Here's how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame defines it. Soul music is music that arose out of the black experience in America through the transmutation of gospel and rhythm and blues into a funky secular testifying Catchy rhythms stressed by hand claps and extemporaneous body moves are an important feature of soul music. Other characteristics are a call and response between the lead vocalist and the chorus and an especially tense vocal sound. You got that soul music. And granted, there, there are all different types of subgenres within soul music, I get that. But the idea behind it to me as I was thinking through it is that it's this expression by a particular artist of something usually deep within. They're able to articulate this thing from within them uh, in a particular way. And then what happens is as they articulate that, the people who are listening it, they hear it, we hear it, we hear the rhythm of the music, and then we hear that connected with the lyrics, and it stirs something deep within the listener, and what usually begins to happen is that when something is expressed from deep within, and then something is heard and felt deep within, there is this tangible, physical result, right? You start to, you start to feel it a little bit. Like, you, you start to feel it deep within the self. Now, I wanna show you two videos real quick. The first one is a spoken word poem. Uh, by, it's by this incredible uh, young lady by the name of Aisha Oxley, and her poem is called Soul Music. And in this video, she expresses like some nostalgic thoughts about like being at a cookout with her family and her friends and being moved by some good music. Okay, take a look.
every single summer cookout, and you can't call it a barbecue. There's a song that comes on, rips through the speakers of someone's makeshift DJ booth in the corner of the yard, wooden folding table, and some guy everyone wants to call Cousin Louie, ordering up track after track, but there's a song that comes on, and it's like that moment when sun rays hit something just right, that glint of light like a blade thrown in Father Time's clock, slowing the gears down to a tempo fit for every generation to feel eternally down to get down somebody's mama yelling oh they done did it now throw on some stevie or some marvin or some earth got the wind shaking up a fire and hands are thrown up to the sky like it's church and indeed this ghost is feeling wholly a part of your bone shoulder rock immediate hip gyration involuntary foot tapping for the more reserved but everybody and i mean everybody from your five-year-old little cousin to your 85-year-old grandmother got a taste of that buzz guess if a bee bitch it would explain that face all the old folks got painted sideways across their lips furrowing their brows eyes squinted like somebody died y'all know that face it'd be like Mm. But I guess it bees like that sometimes when beats beat you to whatever you got going on and your blood and melodies meet you wherever you were going when you didn't even know you were supposed to be there. Music that enters through the ear but follows straight to the vein and ends up hitting a spot inside you between drumbeat and clash burning through you till you don't even remember what your body felt like when it wasn't moving, when your mouth wasn't dry from every note off key, when the world was quiet. When somebody put the folding table back in the garage and the air wasn't warm enough to barbecue, but you remembered that song. How good is that? So, so good. She starts talking about the soul music, this thing that gets into you, that stirs you to the core in such a way that you can't help but move. Oh, they done did it now, right? Now, for all you white folks who are struggling understand this, who are struggling to relate to what she's talking about, I have a second video. And the second video is unrelated to the first video, other than it's exactly what she talked about. So I want to show you this, because it's basically everything that she mentioned. It's her poem, like, come to life, okay? So uh, I'm going to ask to leave my microphone on, because I'm going to, like, highlight and narrate a few things as you watch this, okay? This is Somebody's family gathering. Take a look. Meet the family. Here they come. So this song is by, uh, Gotta Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye is known as the Prince of Soul. This particular song came out in 1977, so it's got a bit more of a f disco flair than it does uh, traditional gospel. I want you to check out the lady on the very left at the top who's on her cell phone. She's just having a conversation, but she's still grooving. Now watch, she, she knows her turn's about to come, so she's like, okay, Karen, I gotta go. It's my time to shine. If you notice, there's not really anybody who's not moving. Oh, here she goes. She got the phone now. She about to go. Okay. Come on, girl, get it. <laughs> this is making me rethink my family gatherings. Mom and Dad, I'm talking to you. 
I need a better example. She didn't get a turn now, she gets her turn. You can see in the back, Grandma's standing there holding on to the pole. She'll get involved in a second. <laughs> we gotta wipe the face, we're getting hot. Get that towel out, get the sweat off the brow. Oh, here we go, tag teaming it. Yep, a little football move, look at that. A little hike. <laughs> Get it, girl. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I think we all need to rethink our family gatherings. <laughs> this guy reminds me of like LL Cool J. All right, now here we go. Here comes Grandma. About to bring it home for us. so great so what do we hear and see in all of this it's like this soul music is not something that you can stand at a distant at a distance from it's not something that you just look at that you observe this is something that you experience this is something that you can participate in it's this thing that resonates within the being in such a way that it moves the soul that the body can't sit still that that there's this response in which we can't help but to move right and, and what did you uh, did you see with that um at the end there with grandma the girl in the video said uh, in the poem said everybody from your five-year-old nephew to your 85-year-old grandma right they're all getting caught up in this thing that scene to me this idea this concept of soul music it's like this picture of the immaterial and the material being joined together in that moment it's the immaterial being joined together with the material. The response to soul music, the response to that music is that it stirs the soul and there is this physical response. Maybe, maybe this is like a picture of this idea of the nefesh, that you don't have a nefesh, but you are a nefesh. So that the way that we love God with all of our soul, with all of our nefesh, is with the entirety of our physical being. That you have this physicality that through how you live, the way that you live, how you take care of your physical body, how you eat, what you do with the hands and the feet that you have been given, that you have agency over, this is how you love God with all of your soul. Which is kind of an awesome thought because what it points to me, what the idea is, the larger idea in all of this is ultimately that it means that what we do, how we live in the here and now actually matters. What I do with the body they have given, what I do with my energy, what I invest that into, the things I build, create, do, whatever, help, it actually matters. 
Which then made me think about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul starts talking about the ministry of reconciliation. What does he say? All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is something you participate in, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. God is making his appeal through you. This is something that we've been called to participate in, that through how we live with our physical bodies, we are revealing to the world what God is like. So maybe like the question for us is like, what does your physical existence reveal to the world about God? What, what does how you live in this world reveal to others about what God is like? What does how you treat your neighbor or your enemy or your friends or your family reveal to the world what the God that we say we believe in is like. Soul music is about something within the self being stirred to the point that it can't be contained. And there's this physical outward expression and response, which is to move and groove with the music. Loving God with all of your nefesh is about something within the self being stirred to the point that it can't be contained, and there is this physical outward expression and response, which is to live out your faith, which is to live out your faith in all aspects of your physicality. Right? Loving God is not just this idea. It's not just a thought. It's not just about collecting more knowledge. It's more than the thou shalt nots. It's about taking the instructions of God and taking the teachings of Jesus and then allowing them to be, uh, like, take up residence within our being in such a way that they can't just sit there, but they have to move outward. They, they, they have to have this expression through your physicality, through how you live and move in this world. So again, maybe the question for us is like, so what does that look like in our everyday lives? What does that look like? Are, are we really loving God with our physicality? Are we taking care of this body that is this gift that God has given us? Are we taking care of it in a way that shows our love for God? Are we eating in healthy manners in a way that shows our love for God? Are we giving our bodies enough rest? Are we protecting our bodies from excess stress? and toxic relationships? Are we taking care of ourselves in a way that allows for us to use our physicality to love God through our actions to the very best of our abilities? Am I using my nefesh, my union of spirit and flesh, of spirit and earth that is my being? Am I using this to serve others? to care for creation, to feed the hungry, to hug the hurting, to take care of the widows and the orphans. And what did they say at the end of the video? I loved kind of how they wrapped, wrapped up the, the, the nefesh video. They said, to love God with all of your nefesh 
is to devote your whole physical existence to your creator, the one who granted us these amazing bodies in the first place. It's about offering your entire being with all of its capabilities and limitations in the effort to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Let me read that again. To love God, oh, yeah, we'll go to that. To love God with all of your nefesh is to devote your whole physical existence to your creator, the one who granted us these amazing bodies in the first place. This is about offering your entire being with all of its capabilities and its limitations in, effort, in an effort to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Can you read this with me one more time? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your throat and with all your strength. So each and every week, we get to come into this place and we get to celebrate what's known as the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the communion, that through the body of Christ, we have this common union. We get to celebrate and remember the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And if you really think about it, think about it this week, and it's like the work of Jesus on the cross is very much a picture of, I believe, everything that we've talked about today, that Jesus loved God with all of his nefesh, with all of his physicality, even to the point of dying on the cross. His devotion to God had this materialness to it. It had this fleshness to it. It wasn't just a thought or idea or a belief. It was a devotion that had a physical response. And then what's cool about this time is the very thing we're celebrating is the physical response of Jesus for his love of God is that we participate in this meal that is actually a very physical thing. We take these physical elements, the bread and the juice that represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And then if we were having like an actual meal instead of like snacks here, instead of emblems and these tiny things, if we were having these, an actual meal together, that would provide like nourishment for our own physical being. So this whole meal it is designed to like embrace that concept. We're celebrating the nefesh, the physicality of Jesus. We're celebrating it through these physical emblems. And then in theory, it would nourish our physical bodies. Now, I know um, normally we go through this a particular way, right? But today, as we participate in this meal, I, I want to do it a little different, right? We, normally, we do this as a way to remember the love of God that's put on display through Christ. We're going to maintain that idea, that thought. But a lot of times, it seems like we, we get up, we do our communion, and then it's this very quiet, reflective, solemn, somber time. Many of you look like you're depressed, and you're just ready to go and get out of here. But what do we do? We sit down, and we go into the interior of our minds and our hearts, and we examine our hearts and minds, and we say our prayers, and we, we thank God for the blessing. We thank God for the, the life of Jesus. We remember these things. We, we maybe offer up some prayers, the stuff we got going on. Maybe we ask for, for some forgiveness, and then we try to sit quietly, and we be still so that we don't distract our neighbors so that they don't get upset with us. And so today, in light of our whole discussion that we're talking about Nefesh, this idea of soul music, the idea of loving God with all of our soul, and about this like physical expression of that, I want to try something just a little bit different. So here's what we're going to do. Everything, for the most part, is going to be basically the same. 
We've got our people on the sides that are with the communion people, so you'll go to the communion station. We have our prayer people over here on the prayer wall. The Moody's are over there. If you have something on your heart or mind you need prayer with, they'd love to pray before you. I believe we have Patricia Roman over here, and she would love to pray for you over you. If you've got something that you need to get off your chest, whatever, need somebody to talk to, they're a great source. If, if, if you've never made a decision for Christ, they're a great person to talk to. Come, experience the fullness of life that Jesus is offering. This is a good place to do that. So everything's gonna seem and feel kind of like normal except for one thing. If you're expecting a time of quiet today, you're not gonna get it. You can come back next week. You may find some quiet next week. So what we're gonna do is I've got this like gospel choir, okay? I know it's not soul, but it's gospel, it's close, you'll see it. It's a whole gospel choir and they're gonna sing a very familiar song. So what's gonna happen is I'm gonna pray and then you guys are going to physically get up and then you're going to go get the physical aspects of this meal and then we're gonna be playing this gospel song that's very familiar and if you feel the need <laughs> to express anything, then you can express this at like your own level. Whatever your comfort level is, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the lyric's gonna be up here, and then this is gonna be like our closing today. It's like it was a six minute long song or something. Um, that's gonna be our closing, and then I'm gonna come out and say goodbye to you, okay? But that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say the prayer, you're gonna do communion, we're gonna put this up, you can sing, you can dance, you can move. I want you to experience this, I want you to allow the nefesh to be free in this moment. Right? As we remember that it is only through the, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus that we, that we have this hope, this life, this grace, this mercy, this forgiveness that we have been given that we can celebrate. And so we want to express that through our, through our nefesh, through our physicality. Okay? Okay, good. I'm going to pray. We're going to play the video. We're going to have a meal. And if you need to dance, if the soul needs to move... Let it move, okay? Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message. God, we thank you for like such an interesting thought process, a new idea, a new understanding of, of how to think about and express who we are and, and allowing your spirit to move within us, God, in, in, in a particular way that we express our love to you through, through our physicality, through, through how we live. God, we're grateful that, that what we do in this life matters, that it's not just all worthless and pointless and God, it's so incredible to know that we have this purpose and that we can live in a way that is meaningful, both for ourselves and for others and for you. God, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you that through him we may find eternal life. We thank you that we may have forgiveness and freedom and grace. We thank you that through him we may have life and have it to the fullest. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for sending your son. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much again for joining us here on the Foundry Church Podcast. As we wrap up today, a couple other things we want you to know. Hey, if you want to learn more about our community and what it means when we say things like better you, better world, and reclaiming God's intended reality, we would love for you to head to our website. You can find that in the show notes, or you can visit us at thefoundry, the letter C, dot org. And if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear your thoughts, hear your commentary, hear anything that you would like to say. You can send us an email, info at thefoundryc.org. We would love to be able to hear from you if this message touched you or reached you or if you're in need of prayer. That's a great way to reach out to our staff, our team 
here at the Foundry Church. We're grateful that you guys are here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you really liked it and if you really enjoyed it, a rating or a share would mean a lot to us as we continue to try to expand our community, our mission, and our vision. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoy it. And again, for all of us here at the Foundry Church, my name is Hank Taylor, the digital pastor here at the Foundry, and we'll see you next time on the Foundry Church Podcast. Take care. Thank you.